Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I am here in the studio today with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hello. Hi, Amy. And Andrea Smith. Tech guru extraordinaire, (laughs) formerly of ABC News and Mashable. Hello. Hi, Andrea. Um, Today on the podcast, we are very excited. We're going to kick off with our first topic. We'll be all about a new initiative. We've talked a lot about getting your kids into coding and the computer science initiatives in the schools. And New York City just announced a big one. We have Leo Ortiz from Microsoft here. We're going to jump in and talk about YouthSpark and the new exciting announcement Microsoft just made. And then topic two, we are going to talk about an article called What My Uterus Can Teach You About Being a Tech Leader, which was written in response to a couple of different um, panels lately at tech conferences where the women CEOs were asked all about being mommies rather than being CEOs. Um, And then we will, as always, have our bites of the week. So let's jump right in to topic one. We have Leo Ortiz, Director of Citizenship and Public Affairs on the phone. Nice and early for you on the West Coast. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Leo. My pleasure. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, So, Leo, you and I met a couple months ago um, when I came in for the Imagine Cup. Exactly. And um, we covered the Imagine Cup of like a month or two I'm just going to clarify. So we're talking about Microsoft here. Yes. Yes. We're okay. talking about Microsoft. Um, I feel like we're always talking about Microsoft because <laughs> we talked about the Imagine Cup for a long time. Um, and it was so fascinating to me, um, and I think for our listeners, because we've talked about this a lot, about the incredible corporate initiatives behind pushing out computer science into our schools. So this isn't about getting the physical technology into the schools. This is about getting the education piece so that we are graduating a generation of kids who have some knowledge of computer science um, as just like they have their basic math, their basic history, their basic English to make this not something extra, but something that is normal and required in our schools. Exactly. And, and you know what? This is fascinating. And you're talking, you're referring to our global Youth Spark initiative mm-hmm. that, of course, has, has a, we have a lot of programs in the United States and, and abroad that are focused on this very topic. And, and we're excited because just you've seen some of this work because we've been doing some of this work for years. But just last week, our CEO, Satya Nadella, at a conference spoke about the importance of computer science education. And, and you're right, you know, it, it is not about the technology itself, it's about the knowledge and about the skills. It's about having our kids learning computational thinking skills and problem solving skills that are gonna be now required more and more in the world, uh, no matter what discipline you are in. And that's very important. Uh, and you said it right. You know, the simil- similar to how we learned biology, math, chemistry, physics, it is important, important now that all of our children learn these skills because that's what's going to be required in this new economy. 
So Microsoft. That's what this is about. Yeah. Microsoft um, has committed to seventy-five million dollars, which is a huge amount of money. Um, and I actually think not just financially is that a big commitment, but it shows how important this initiative is um, to you know really one of the leading technology companies in the world. And this is worldwide, right? Yes, it's global. We we aspire to have uh, programs up and running in uh, around 80 countries. Uh, so, so it is global. And Leo, can you can you just tell us a little bit? So this isn't really about um, you working with schools totally and going into schools and providing them assets. It looks like you're really reaching out to private sector as well to kind of do a comprehensive overview approach to getting this technology into kids' hands. Look, the task or the challenge is it's so vast that it requires a private sector. Uh, government, uh, the school system, of course, and nonprofits and parents to come together and try to solve this. And we are trying to do it in, a, in several ways. Um, one very important one is that we need to build capacity of teachers and training and trainers around the world and in the United States to teach computer science. So even if we, even if we had all parents and all kids excited about computer science uh, and ready to go and look for it, you know, computer science education, there is not enough teachers trained to teach computer science. So you've, that's challenge You've hit on one. one of Rebecca's favorite pet peeves <laughs> yeah. to talk about. <laughs> computer teachers teach our kids how to make pamphlets. That's all they teach. So, so that's a huge problem, and that is one of the things that we're trying to address. We actually have a, a, a very... Um, we, we, we like to call it uh, like a, so, so a sustainable approach to, to this uh, challenge in the United States uh, via uh, a program that is called TEALS. And TEALS actually recruits volunteers, not only Microsoft employees, but from across the industry. We currently have volunteers from around 200 different companies. And what these volunteers do is they come into the school and they team teach alongside a teacher uh, for the full year. They team teach computer science. And, and then the following year, you get the, either the same volunteer or a different volunteer. And after two years, the teacher that is an employee of the school district is ready to teach computer science on his or her own. And, and that's the beauty about TEALS. Um, which, which is bringing computer science to high schools across the United States. And that's, that was part of this investment that we announced. So right now we are at 131 high schools, and in three years uh, we expect to bring that up to 700 high schools. Right now we're in 18 states. Uh, in three years we expect to be in 30 states across the country. Uh, reaching uh, uh, like 30,000 students. So that, that's the idea. So how can parents, what are some good resources for parents to be able to go to their school and say, we need this? Because it feels to me like you need a little parent groundswell here demanding this of their schools because some of that research says that the principals don't think there's desire from parents. You're you're totally right, and and you know what? When we're this, when we're trying to figure out where to go, 
we obviously send um, volunteers to schools that are asking for this. So if there's no interest in the school, there's no, no point in going there. And mostly the schools act upon uh, parents' uh, desire and, and, and the children's, but also it is ultimately the parents who need to be more vocal and say, we care about this, we want our kids to have the best preparation, and, and this is something that the schools should be offering. It and, seems... And, Yes. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just wondering, and I think it's a it's a fantastic idea, particularly because the uh, volunteers will be teaching the teachers <laughs> as well as the kids, um, and to get that momentum going. But it also seems to me, uh, for someone in the private sector or working in the field of tech, that's a big time commitment. Is there is there something that they get, and are are they also having to? Um, fulfill Microsoft's requirements for this or do they just teach what they want to teach? How will that work? Oh no, it's it's not they they cannot teach whatever they want. There's there's a curricula that they follow uh, that was actually created by Berkeley University. So it's it's a standard CS curriculum. Uh, we have two options. One is introduction to CS by Berkeley, and then there's another. There's an APCS course developed by the University of Washington, who ha- which has one of the top ten CS departments in the country. And uh, and yes, that's what they follow. So you are right. The time commitment is huge. When you think about going uh, to a school twice a week to teach the class for whatever number of weeks there are in the school year, this ends up being more than 200 hours of commitment by the volunteers for a full year, and they need to commit for the full year because they will be the teacher, uh, or one of the teachers anyway, in practical terms. but But before they go into the classroom, they get 40 hours of training. So it, it is not a small beat. Um, but, but you ask me, what do they get in return? You know, the volunteers ultimately are doing this because they're, they're committed to the, to the subject, to the cause. They know that this is, this is a huge gap, uh, not only in the United States, it's a huge gap around the world. And, and there are short-term and long-term gains here. The short-term is that the, the industry, the IT industry, has a talent shortage. And the more we can all do to prepare this next generation of engineers, uh, we're, we're going to be better off as an economy. But the long term is that everyone needs to learn this regardless of the field that they're going to work in, even if they're not going to become engineers or, or software developers. So, so I, I am convinced that most of the volunteers do it for that because they, they do know that this is something that all kids are going to be better off with as, as the knowledge that they have and they acquire in school. You know, there was an interesting um, point made, too, that I, I remember when I was there, which, which is that a lot of tech workers don't walk into their office before 10. <laughs> and they can actually get to a school at 8 a.m. and teach a class, and it doesn't really interrupt the rhythm of their normal workday because it's just different hours. <laughs> you are totally right. And you know what? In all the schools in which we have this appeals work, it's, pay, it's, it's first period. Right. It's almost first period where, where they teach it. So, yes, you're right. That's the better. That's a good selling point for kids. Go into this career. You can walk into your office at ten in jeans and a hoodie, and <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Um, so one of the things that I think is maybe intimidating 
um, certainly for teachers, but also for parents, and you touched upon this a little, is this idea, well, maybe my kid's not a math person. My kid's not a science kid. Um, but how do you think Microsoft, especially through the Youth Spark, can help people understand that this is not about being a math or science person, that technology is really touching every part of our lives, and that will be more and more true for the next generation, and this is really just about understanding really the world around you. I mean, if kids start getting in driverless cars, I mean, you name it, technology is just going to be a greater and greater piece of everything they do. Well, you just touch upon the other goal that we have with with the Global Youth Park Initiative. I've mentioned already building capacity of teachers. That's one aspect of it. But the other broader aspect is how can we inspire young people and their parents uh, to pursue a career, uh, uh, sorry, a uh, computer science, edu- to pursue computer science education, understanding why does it matter? Um, so there's there's two components to it. First is we actually need to tell people that this matters because the way the world works today, you know, technology is everywhere. It it it's present in every aspect of our life. You know, how we study, how we communicate, how we engage with the government, how we do commerce. And and that's just going to keep on increasing. And in order for us, for everyone, to be an informed citizen, to better understand how things work, you need to not only know how to use technology, but also, uh, if possible, learn how to create it and how and what are the underlying aspects of its its functioning. And that's what computer science brings, computer science education, knowledge of how things work. Um, And and we we could go on and on on that topic. But but we do have uh, pressing challenges in attracting or getting interest from young people because there are myths and and stereotypes associated with this. it's sad, but many girls think that this is a boys thing and, and that this is just for boys. Uh, others think that this is just for straight age students. Um, and, the, and then you, can, you get into specific demographics and communities and this, they think that this is not for them uh, because they are used to seeing just one type of people uh, associated with computer science education or with computer science in general. And we're trying to fight that. Uh, and there's a lot of efforts um, in the country. You know, we work with Code.org. We work with organizations like Girls Who Code. And there are many others that are, tra- are trying to dispel these myths and stereotypes and, and spread the world, the word, sorry, that this is for everyone, that anyone can learn. And that, in that, yes, it is not extremely easy, but it is, it is something that everyone can reach. I like that message. (laughs) (laughs) Leo, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to put links up on our Facebook page of all the things we talked about and the Youth Spark Global Expansion and Teals and sort of information on how parents can start to harass their principal and get these programs in their schools and get their kids interested. And if it was one place that I would recommend parents to go to, uh, even though it is designed for youth, I think uh, it's a good place. It's the youthsparkhub.com. There, 
they can find links to several things, to free online resources that kids can download, uh, and I mean software and games and, and tutorials. They can find uh, events that, they, that uh, their, their kids can go to as well. They can find links to nonprofits that we're funding and that have free training uh, throughout the year or over the summer. So I think there's a lot of different options out there, and we, tr we try to aggregate some of them in this Youth Spark Hub. Um, and we, when and whenever possible, we link to other external resources as well. That's great. I think that's exactly what parents are looking for. So thank you so much, and good luck. We will check in again in a little while and see how it's going. <laughs> thank, thank you, you Leo. Thanks for joining Bye. us. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thank you. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it talking tech apps entertainment and issues around parenting the digital generation this is parenting bites with rebecca levy so today we are sponsored yet again by Kumon, which actually works perfectly well with our first topic yes, of getting your kids in computer science. Um, so every parent wants their kids to have the best chance to succeed in life. That's why every parent needs to know about Kumon math and reading programs. Created in Japan almost 50 years ago, the Kumon method has worked for thousands of kids around the world. In fact, most Kumon students are studying above grade level. That's because unlike sitting in front of a teacher and passively taking notes or making brochures, Kumon <laughs> actively helps kids develop critical self-learning skills as they advance at their own pace. So students from as young as three through high school gain a valuable academic advantage that can propel them throughout school into college and beyond. See what Kumon can do for your child by visiting a free parent orientation. For a limited time, you can save up to $50 on free registration at kumon.com. That's K-U-M-O-N.com. Kumon, where smart kids get smarter. Offer is valid at participating centers only. Most Kumon centers are independently owned and operated. I know I have one right in my neighborhood. <laughs> and um, I like it because if you need to take the fight out of homework, I highly suggest offloading that to somebody else <laughs> who will help your kid and help them succeed. So check it out. Okay, we are back with topic two. And um, this just lit up Facebook this week. I, I mean, I saw it on, I had so many people sharing. And it's funny because, Amy, you were like, I didn't see this. And nope. they're like, oh, yeah, I saw it. But it had, like, no commentary. And you didn't know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what they were. I, I just saw people mad about women in tech again. Right. But I didn't know why. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because some people posted, oh, my God, this is outrageous. And when somebody called out a particular point in the story, they're like, what? I didn't see that. You know, so, you know, I think a lot of people shared it without fully reading, reading the it. story. And everybody needs to read this story that Rebecca's about to tell you about because it is so important. It's so good. So, um, so good because it was dealing with something so bad. So it's called What My Uterus Can Teach You About Being a Tech Leader. It was published on Medium.com by Margaret Stewart, who is uh, Director of Product at Facebook. Facebook, yeah. And yeah. had previously worked at YouTube and Google. So, um, and is a colleague of Susan Wojcicki. And also, yes. her story was also based in part on another story by uh, actually a former colleague of mine at Mashable, Lauren Hawkinson. I think she believe I, I believe she wrote her piece for the Next Web, but it was 
was really a teardown of this um, Salesforce Dreamforce conference that took place. Right. And she related back to a conference even further back, which was the Fortune Brainstorm, which I actually shouldn't say I assume it's from Fortune magazine, but I'm totally going to assume I that. presumed it, I but I totally didn't it. Google so, it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say, I'm just going to quote. So they had Susan Wojcicki, who is the CEO of YouTube. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name Wojcicki, right. yeah. Okay. Um, so she was also the lead for Google's advertising business for years. So basically the largest advertising business in the world. She was, you know, this is a woman with an unbelievable tech career. She was Google employee number 16. Yeah. So I'm going to wow. I'm gonna start off. I'm going to actually quote the quote oh, okay, that Margaret talks about. So the interview started off by saying, now this is just Susan and the interviewer up on stage. This is probably, I'm imagining, a packed audience who want to hear from the CEO of YouTube. And the interviewer says, a male interviewer, I should start with, so you have some superlative numbers associated with you. For example, you were employee number 16 of Google. That's pretty impressive. But the number that I want to share with all of you, because that is what is truly extraordinary about Susan, is the number five. Because not so very long ago, Susan just had her fifth child, and I think that's worthy of applause. And she wrote, it was like all the air got sucked out of the room. He must be joking, I thought. All the other stuff she's done, that's not worthy of applause. And the conversation proceeded to detail all of her pregnancies and how they coincided with major projects she'd led. Then he asked the question that seemingly every woman leader, but apparently no man, is required to answer. How do you do it all? So, Which is so sad because I think that Maybe men are just in awe of women who can do that because they're so bad at it. But I feel like any woman in that audience who wanted to hear from the CEO of YouTube wanted to hear about how did she get there? What what you know? What did she do to get there? How, what has she learned? How is she helping other women? What's her new product about? What's YouTube say, about? Just, what's the future of YouTube? Yeah, like, what's yeah. YouTube about? Exactly, not. Gosh, how did you manage it? Well, here's the thing. If this had been a conference about work-life balance... <laughs> yeah, totally appropriate. Yeah, totally appropriate. There is a place for this. We don't want to say that you shouldn't talk about that, but that's not what that was billed as. And here's my other favorite thing about this piece was her description of the swag bag. Which <laughs> we're totally posting this picture on our Facebook page because this was not the men's fortune brainstorm conference. This was the fortune brainstorm conference with a CEO who happened to be a woman of the largest, you know, a division of the largest tech company in the world. That makes money. And this is what was in the swag bag. I, I, I still can't get over it. Men's underwear, a men's birch box sample kit, and men's toilet wipes. <laughs> yeah. A little crazy. I, so there was this assumption when they put together a swag bag that there was not a woman attendee at this conference. The best part, and, and Rebecca, maybe you can read it. I think it's a pullout quote down below. The best part for me is that there was a man also being interviewed later on, Rahm Emanuel, yeah, President yeah. Obama's former chief of staff. And his brother. The mayor of Chicago uh, and his brother. And right. they were asked all about their accomplishments, all about what they do. And at the very end, he interjected his thought to the interviewer. Can you read that? He said, 
can I say one thing? You know, I watched your interview with the CEO of YouTube. You know your first four questions to her were about her children, and you didn't ask either one of us about our kids. If you want to get to know Ari and me, we could spend until four in the morning talking about our kids. <laughs> Bravo, Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mayor. Seriously. Yeah. I totally yeah. like, want to hear about his kids now because <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it's like to be the child of the former chief of staff, now mayor of yeah. Chicago, and the largest agent in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. That would be really fascinating. Um, so to bring it full circle, uh, yesterday or the day before, there was the Salesforce Dream Force conference where Susan Wojcicki again was the um, key draw with as Jessica, well, Alba. Jessica Alba who has her honest company and so this time kudos to them for having a female interviewer and it was Gail King now Gail King does do news now she's not solely about entertainment but she too she does news-ish, news-ish. Yeah. she reads news she reads news she asked Susan Wojcicki again how long was your maternity leave? What do you think about maternity leave? She asked on stage if all five of those kids were from the same father. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh my God, that is so insane. I feel like it, I would honestly, have cringed. I'll tell you something, no, if she had been a man, I think she'd be fired. Yeah. I think huh. she'd be fired from CBS Morning News for asking that. She clearly had no knowledge of technology or what they do or even what Jessica Alba's company is about. And I feel like it's almost as bad to yeah. not understand the field you're talking about as it is to ask questions like that. Well, again, not a conference about work-life balance. It was the Salesforce conference, which means that basically that audience is every major company rep because everyone uses Salesforce. Um, who's there as a client of Salesforce to have this like brainstorm conference. And you know, there's such a huge problem, right, with women being on panels. When you're at CES and you see those big stands of women, you see all the speakers and mm-hmm. you see just a wall of white, males. Male, white male faces and like the one token woman, um, which I'm guessing that Susan Wojcicki is also really used to being, unfortunately. Like, it's a very small club of women at the top, so that alone is frustrating. And then you have to be, you know, just sort of put forward as... This happens to all women, right? Like, I mean, it's happening with Marissa Mayer now. She's pregnant with twins, and she's already said, like, she's barely going to take maternity leave. Now, that can go both ways. You could say... As an example, you should be taking your maternity right. leave. Like, if we want to show that these things are important, right. if you want to be a leader, then you gotta right. you gotta do that. Right. Um, on the other hand, the fact that she has to like justify it and worry about it and the whole thing. So I said my solution. I think everyone should be asked these questions. I think all the men should be asked these questions. And if we want work life balance or family leave or paternity leave and these things to become part of our conversation, then. I actually see nothing and wrong make with it a asking conversation it. Make across it, both sexes. Always. Yep. Like, how did you do all that? Did you? I heard you. your wife had a baby when you became chief of staff at the White House. Like, how did so that affect did you? Did you ever <laughs> see your baby? Like, did you, yeah. you yeah. know, like. You know, I'm, I'm, I would love to hear some feedback because in October I'm going to a conference and I've been asked to give a talk on women in tech at a breakfast for uh, women in CE, women in the um, computer. <laughs> women who don't show up on the <laughs> billboard. Women in consumer electronics. And this just blew me away because I pulled together my questions for these powerful women in tech who I'm going to interview. And not one of them was... 
how did you manage having a baby while you were working? Or how do you run a household when you're out of town? Or, you know, are all your children from the same father? And they're, they're very much, how did you get to where you are? You know, what are the obstacles you face? How can we help right. and girls those might, behind and you? And those might be obstacles, right? Yeah, it well, and that's okay. Like if it is, then kids. they can bring it up if they want to talk right. about it. But it's, it's for women in computer electronics. It's not for women who are talking about balancing work-life family. So I would love to hear from our audience really on what questions they have that have nothing to do with family and raising kids that you have for women in these positions to get a sense of what they do. Right. I mean, I also think, so we had our first segment about getting kids interested in computer science, and Leo touched on one of the really hard things about this, which is getting girls into these fields is really difficult because there is such a stereotype of the nerd with the glasses. You know, every sci-fi movie you ever saw, either, God forbid, like, I just read a whole article about how weird science, like, set back, um, you know, like, girls in tech for, like, a generation. Um, but it is true, right? Even, and for, and it might be also boys who, they don't want to be the geeky guy, or I don't, but now for guys, it's still cool. Like, you could build the app, you can build the thing, you can become a billionaire, it's about money. Um, but for girls, they have to be really worried. And I spent some time with girls who code this summer, and it was every single girl there. It was a class of about, I want to say like 25 girls, and they spent six weeks, intensive weeks together, um, at Microsoft and Mike they had um, girls who code does these all over the country but they had one at Microsoft and they said the best thing about it was that it was all girls that it was just them every day all together they didn't think about it they weren't self-conscious they didn't care Um, I will tell you also their favorite thing that they did so far in the curriculum which ties into something that happened this week was make a clock (laughs) um, Microsoft has something called the garage where employees go and literally tinker with things and ideas um, and they physically built digital clocks that was one of the part of the program of girls who code and it was like they're all of their favorite things because girls never get the opportunity to like boys do I think um, making a mass generalization but I'm just going to do it because the numbers sort of back me up that they don't get the same hands on experience they get a lot of crafting they Mm -hmm. get a lot of that but they don't get circuitry as much they don't people don't buy those things for their girls which is what's so great about like toys like little bits you know yes and toys that incorporate circuitry with doing and creating the things that you want yes, to create. to bring both to life. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when you take the media piece out of it, when you take those things out, so now you look at a Susan with Jackie, you look at a woman who should absolutely be a role model for girls, and what are they asking her about? What is my daughter going to see if she watches, if I say to her, oh my God, you should watch this interview with the CEO of YouTube. She's a woman. Did you know she was a woman? Oh, great. We're going to sit here and hear about her five right. babies. Like, if we can't do a better job of the real life women being portrayed well and being portrayed smart and being able to tell their stories, you forget like the stupid Disney version of the nerdy girl with the glasses. Like, this is ridiculous. You know, so. to play devil's advocate for a moment, I mean, it, it could be, it could be that some girls don't go into this because they have a goal of being a mom and having a family and they think that it's too onerous a career, that it's going to take all... Uh, all their time and effort, and they're going to have to freeze their eggs, and they're not going to be able to have. I don't think an eight-year-old so, thinking that. Well, though. <laughs> and, and so, but maybe someone in high school, right? And so, may, maybe, just maybe, hearing 
yes, you can do this. Yes, there's a thing called nannies. You know, that that you can make these choices and balance. And 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 that the father can also and, and that step maybe in men and have step half up. the responsibility. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like Sheryl Sandberg's late husband. You know, she yeah. always famously said that he really picked up a lot of the slack. And and I'm sure if you're on your fifth child, it's because you and your partner have figured out how this is going to work. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. go, oops. Like, you have had oh, five... Let's hire another nanny. Yeah, no. Like, if you're on your fifth kid and you're the CEO of YouTube, it's because you have figured out in your life how that works. Mm-hmm. Which is something that I would love to hear her talk about in the proper venue. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think it might be good for girls to hear that in the proper venue, but not at a, you know, let's show off this executive leadership uh, conference. And not yeah. saying that it's the most impressive number about yeah. you. It's the way it was framed and the fact that that was the yeah. lead off. Not even for the like your sales interview. figures or the so increase in ad revenue. Or just have or, her bring it up. Like you said, Andrea, if she brought it up, yeah. Yeah. if she it, was like one of the hardest things yeah. I've had to tackle is this. Right. Then, then she can fine. talk about it. And if she didn't bring it up and if she doesn't want to talk about it, then somebody in her position cannot accept the premise of the question. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's really interesting about the new Steve Jobs movie that's coming out because in the coming attraction, all they focus on in that coming attraction is like what an obvious sort of asshole he was (laughs) and how he didn't acknowledge his daughter as his like it took this yeah. huge battle for him to finally acknowledge the paternity of his daughter if and you want to be a successful leader of a, a you know a breakout company you must be an asshole parent but I kind no. of thought that was really interesting yeah. because you really never see that you know they always hide the personal life like they'll show them being a jerk to employees but I thought like good on Aaron Sorkin yeah, he was man a jerk at home too. bringing out the yeah. work life no balance <laughs> like, <laughs> like, whoa you never see a man attacked for that ever and yeah. I thought that was so, really interesting. Yeah. I think men need to step up. <laughs> Progress. Yeah. I think men need to step up. I mean, I think obviously, you know, no male interviewer should ever ask the kinds of questions that, that Rebecca, you just quoted. And But I'm not going to blame it all on men because look at what a woman did. You know, I think that we that collectively, to do with the gender. we collectively really have to, if we want to talk about women in tech, we need to talk about women in tech and their accomplishments, period. How about that? I think the swag bag says it all. I mean, I honestly think... <laughs> think out of everything yeah. that was the most offensive to me because this assumption for the people selling that conference that it is that is that how there they would be sold, no women in the audience there would be no women yeah. or they said like oh well if they're women they can always give it to their husbands <laughs> or Presuming their boyfriends they had one right like that was like this assumption yeah. like don't worry about it there's so few or maybe of they them. just had a really bad person doing the swag bags <laughs> i mean that's some high-end <laughs> stuff i mean they they obviously might but they didn't even think yeah to go out and it makes me want to put like a box of tampons in all those bags you know like something just so that you couldn't even think about either way that you would throw out in the garbage on the way down the elevator or just like so in your face I'm going to do that in my next swag bags that I give out I'm totally doing that diva cups for everybody forget my Kate Spade phone cases it's going to be like you know Kate Spade tampon applicators right something you can't even sell on eBay if you weren't going to use it too bad for you (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know so I think if we really want our girls and, you know, our our kids who are, you know, anyone who's not a white male to go into technology, mm. I mean, you've got to have this it, reflection looking back at, you know, someone took, um, I don't know if you guys watch the Emmys, but... Andy Samberg made like a joke about how they've cured racism, haha, ha, like don't don't fact check it. Um, but how it was the most diverse Emmys, you know, whatever. And then they panned to the audience mm. and it was all white. I mean, like it was bizarre. And 
think it was Rebecca Traist or somebody took a shot of it, a, a big journalist, and tweeted out and said, really? Oh, Rachel Sklar, that's who it was, mm, and said, yeah. I think we've got a long way to go. And she took a picture of that shot when they then panned to the audience and you know this happened this week with Vanity Fair with them posting oh, that, that huge picture photo. of the new face of late night <laughs> the new face of late night looks which like which was all male yeah. all male everyone white except for two yeah. and someone then photoshopped it with the percentage of women writers on each staff and oh, put it back wow. out, and they were 10% for Colbert, you know, 8%, 14%. It was, like, doubly shocking. And I think, you know, this isn't just a tech problem. Yeah. It happens to be tech is the most high profile because it's such a bro, like, society, but it's across entertainment, and it's across these big money-making fields. So I think that uh, what Microsoft is doing is really interesting, back to our first segment, mm-hmm. and I want everyone to go and look at the resources there, because I do think that that will help contribute to getting more people in that pipeline, in that talent pipeline of being able to go into more diverse careers and help change some of this and down the road. Don't give your girls a choice. This is what no. I decided with my daughters. Like, too bad you are going to take this computer science class because you just don't know if you're not. And that's why I think it needs to be a requirement. Coding is the new cursive. Yeah. No, hopefully not. I just, found, <laughs> I just cursive found out that our school, you know, my son's not there anymore, but there was a whole Facebook post about how the schools don't teach cursive well, anymore. My girls yeah. don't learn to Not for no, years. My girls barely Amazing. learn print. I can't write anymore. Oh, God. All right. Okay. <laughs> we digress. I know. We will be right back with uh, our Bites of the Week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Well, we have like all these returning sponsors. So much fun. It's plated (laughs) again. Um, So I really, I feel like every... I don't know how many of you are listening to us every week, which I imagine it's a lot of you. But at this point, if you haven't tried Plated, I just don't know what you're waiting for. (laughs) So I was really hoping Plated would do like a breakfast box for young people. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome if they just put like the kugel ingredients in there? But they did not. So I did not do Plated this week because I have to deal with breakfast. But you should totally try Plated. So if you used to love, I love this copy. If you used to love cooking intimate dinners for that special someone. Oh, that's me. <laughs> you spend hours <laughs> leafing through recipe books. I still actually really love to do that. And driving all over for freshest ingredients. But between kids and your career and your commute, um, those wonderful candlelight dinners, I think we've had two in my life, have been <laughs> replaced by boring, less than nutritious takeout, which is totally true, or some frozen ball of yuck that you nuke for a few minutes. Ew. So here's my advice, and this is totally my advice, and it's Amy's advice. Andrea, did you try it yet? I did. did? Oh, right. It was a lot of work. Yes, it was a lot of work. (laughs) I never sweated so much in the kitchen. But that's because it has to get you, it gets you back in the groove of real cooking. And I will tell you, Plated is for busy people who love cooking. This is not for you if you really didn't like cooking to begin with. Then then don't really go stick with your... Then do take out. Do do whatever works for you. But if you loved cooking, which is me, and then you just don't have time for the shopping, and even the thought process. Yeah, just the recipe finding. The whole thing. It's so much work. So 
Did you make plated last week? I did. You what know, you actually, funny story. Um, I think it was four days ago, Fiona's best friend was over, and I made this. It was like like kefir lime shrimp with bamboo rice or something like that. And then that same little girl was over for dinner last night, and I was asking them what they wanted, and she said, can we have that lime shrimp thing again? <laughs> it was so good. And I was like, uh, no, I have... None of the ingredients. <laughs> but yeah, so so my daughter and her friends, they just love it. Oh my God, you're going to have to give her mom our code. Yep. She should go so to our code. plated.com slash parenting and choose from amazing chef-designed recipes. And they really are chef-designed. Like, you just... It just tastes so much better. And you can read about the chefs on their site, which yeah, is really cool. Yeah, I love that. And every week, there are new selections that fits everyone's tastes, for real. Next, the culinary pros at Plated lovingly fill a refrigerated box with just the perfect pre-portioned ingredients for your dinner. They are pre-portioned people, but they are not pre-chopped. you got to do yeah. a little bit of work here. If the recipe calls for a half teaspoon of crushed red pepper... That's included. Nothing is wasted. Yeah, so don't spill it. I love the little... Because <laughs> then you're really in trouble. I love the little thing of wine, though, when you think you yeah, need wine. It's, it's, oh, it's uh, like this little container that you could use to take through TSA. Totally. Um, so save that <laughs> when you're done. And it's like wine for the chicken. I love it. Everything's delivered to your door. Fresh meat, poultry, fish, farm fresh veggies, spices, everything you need on the date you choose. Not home for delivery? No worry. Your plated box keeps everything fresh until midnight on the day it arrives with like the most industrial industrial ice packs you've ever seen. So hurry over to plated.com slash parenting now and get a free dinner for two with your first purchase. That is a free dinner for two. Go to plated.com slash parenting plated.com slash parenting. I think we should say it one more time. Plated.com <laughs> slash parenting. And tell us what you made and post a picture. Use the hashtag parenting bites so we can see it. All right, now we're going to do our bites of the week. Who's first? Me, Amy. Amy always goes first. I do. I like oh. She's scared someone's going to take like her shotgun. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so mine is from uh, from a site that I love, ScaryMommy.com, and it fits in so well with our other topics this week. Um, they talked about these these two real estate agents in Seattle who put up an ad recently that. It was basically, it was on one side was a picture of this poor, overworked, professional woman with children surrounding Ugh. her and chaos and like, you know, th there's a duck in the living room. Like it was, it was just this like completely unrealistic um, vision from a couple of guys about what an overworked mom real estate agent must look like. Ugh. And then on the other side of the picture are the two business suit clad brothers who own this real estate company and they were, the ad was basically saying who do you want working for you? Ooh. You know this this yeah. Oh, you didn't see it. It was Ugh. so disgusting. It was like a direct so mail flyer that went to like every house wow. in the neighborhood. Wow. In yeah. Seattle? Yeah. So I mean, since then they have just they they've the same thing has happened to them that happened to that dentist who killed the lion basically yeah. and the coffee house in Asheville. Oh, that's that. What yeah. person thought that was a good idea? Um, I don't know, but you know they they of course tried to apologize and it was the lamest apology ever. And then their Facebook page got taken down. And wow. Yeah, it was just really. Oh, you really got to post that. Yep, post, I'll post that the article about page. that. Boo, boo on them. Yep. Yeah. So mm. it just kind of highlights. What a problem this is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to go, and it's not a gadget. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have a ton of gadgets. But I was so excited when I saw this story today. So um, we've talked a lot about Amazon Prime. Oh, uh, yeah. Major proponents of it. Uh, I use it 
all the time. Every for day. Everything. Every day. I use it every day. And now um, there's a free subscription, digital subscription to the Washington Post along with your Prime membership. No way. Yep, six month, six month subscription. And, and they're you always buy the Washington Post. Yes, Jeff Bezos bought the Washington <laughs> yeah. Post. Yeah, so it's you know probably not costing. That would you. do it. It's a friends and family rate. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> but they're always adding new kind of you know incentives. And yes, they raise the price for Prime membership to ninety nine dollars. But still, I buy something. Not this Friday. Yeah. Not this no, Friday. No, 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 no. Uh oh, yep. is that your bite? Because my bite is that no. this Friday. Okay. <laughs> so this Friday, if you're oh, on the fence at Woo-hoo. all, if you haven't heard Rebecca and Amy talk about sending stuff to camp using Amazon Prime. Wait, if it's going to be the specific, if we should say what date Friday is. On Friday, the I wrote it down, Friday the 25th. This Friday, starting at midnight, 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday the 25th, in celebration of their big Emmy win, uh, they're dropping the rate to $67. For the launch of the second season of Transparent. Of Transparent, yep. exactly. So all that day for 24 Woo-hoo. hours, if you're West Coast, it's 24 hours. If you're East Coast, it's 24 hours. $67 to sign up and I would encourage you it's a it's a nice discount what like 30% 30% maybe? yeah uh, if you're on the fence do it Friday the 25th oh my god you'll make it up in like three orders yeah. I swear yeah. to god yeah. um, I also I wonder if you can extend your Prime membership well I was oh. wondering because of course you know we have one so right. I was wondering if I can go ahead and pre-order my my know. membership so that it automatically adds on we should ask Amazon about yeah, that let's yeah find, we'll yeah. find yeah. out we'll about find that out before post we post uh, this, this episode okay good um, so my bite is this viral video that's been going around of the little six-year-old girl asking her divorced parents to get along. Are oh, you kidding me? Oh, my God. Do you want me to cry in the studio? I no, I haven't not even watch that. Oh, my God. I'm really glad you didn't say it was the rat and the pizza. Ew. Well, I was no. hoping she would say it was pizza rat. Okay, I'm going to post. I actually think pizza rat was a total setup. So I'm not going to drink pizza rat. Because my, even my husband's like, where did you get the pizza? I'm I was like, rooting I for that pizza, pizza rat. <laughs> so anyway, this little girl, um, her name is Tiana. She's six. And she made this little video asking her parents to please get along. And she said, I don't want you and my dad to be replaced and meanies again. I want you to be settled and be friends. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want everyone to be friends. And if I can be nice, I think all of us can be nice, too. Oh. No, wait. She made the video? Who made the video? Her mom. She asked her mom to record okay. her. And her mom put it on her Facebook page. Okay. And... Um, She's so sweet. She goes, I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm trying to be steady on the floor. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something, too. Yes. And if we live in a world where everyone is being mean, everyone's going to be a monster in the future. So it is so heartbreaking and sweet and um, something for parents to think about when they get divorced. And it's you think you're doing the best you can and not disparaging the other person or that your kid, that things go over kids' heads, which is my least favorite thing that people say about children because I think that is a load of you know what I think kids absorb everything they just sort of filter very well um, except maybe the lyrics for Greece, which I can attest to definitely yeah. went over my head most of those <laughs> um, but it's a really sweet video and if you haven't seen it oh my um, gosh. we will post cry. it on our Facebook page and if you don't like sweet videos we will also post the pizza, pizza rat, rat. Yeah, pizza so rat. We'll also post pizza rat just because we're New Yorkers and <laughs> Got to post we pizza rat. for our hungry really yeah. rats. And I also really and truly would love to hear anybody's questions. So please put that on our Facebook page as well. Or you can tweet us. Um, 
at Parenting hashtag Bites, hashtag Parenting, Parenting Bites. Bites with a Y, and would love to hear uh, people's questions for women in tech. So you can do all that at facebook.com slash Parenting Bites, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, please check us out on iTunes. If, did you guys do the iOS 9 update? I just did. No. My nope. podcast app looks so pretty. I love it. <laughs> so the new improved podcast app, highly suggest uh, everyone check that out if you're due for your upgrade. But check us out on iTunes at Parenting Bites, B-Y-T-E-S. Rate us, review us. We have been told we need like 100 reviews for iTunes to pay any attention to us. So How many do we have now? I think 18. Uh-oh. So people, get on it, guys. Get on it. We're going to start harassing you individually soon <laughs> if we don't. And, of course, at play.it, where you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. And next week, we will be back in the studio. For those of you who are Jewish, Happy New Year. Easy fast. When we put this up on Thursday, you should have already had It'll your be easy over. fast. So <laughs> Bagels yay. will be consumed. Bagels will be consumed, and a new year will have begun. All right. So, see, see you next, next week. week. Bye. Bye.